brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons and channel members for their continued support of the work I do on this channel. By contributing like a dollar a month to the work of this channel, they keep this news and analysis coming, so a big thanks to them. If you want to become a supporter of the channel, there are links to the Patreon, to Patreon and to the Patreon alternative subscribe star in the description box below, or you can click the join button below the screen, and there's a couple other options there as well. Thanks, and on to our story, which takes us to the founder of PillarCatholic.com, Catholic journalist J.D. Flynn, who hasn't reported on this on his Pillar website yet at the time of the recording of this episode, but he did post a lengthy thread about this on Twitter, which is worth going over. Mr. Flynn has broken a story that has been consigned to the realm of rumor until earlier this week that some of the bishops were having a secretive meeting to scheme and plot their next moves in the church. From Mr. Flynn's Twitter, we get this, quote, A number of, of the Pillar's readers have asked us over the past few days about a conference in Chicago, which seemed to gather bishops, Vatican officials, academics, and journalists at Loyola University in Chicago. I really don't know much, but here's what I do know. The conference was called Pope Francis, Vatican II, and the Way Forward. It was reportedly inspired by National Catholic reporter writer Michael Sean Winters as an event where theologians can talk with bishops. The event was not advertised and was apparently attended by invitation. Villanova professor Massimo Fascioli, who gave a keynote, tweeted ahead of the event that the dates would be interesting days for the church in the U.S. Several National Catholic reporter journalists reported that they were in Chicago for a conference or a meeting of bishops and theologians during the event. The National Catholic Reporter's editor-in-chief was there, Archbishop Charles Thompson of Indianapolis. Schedule indicates he was there. Same for Bishop Sean McKnight. Archbishop Rosansky of St. Louis also apparently was in attendance. And numerous other bishops were reportedly in attendance, including Apostolic Nuncio Christophe Pierre, who can be seen in these photos, along with Cardinal Joseph Tobin, Sister Natalie Bequar, Vatican Undersecretary of the Synod of Bishops, was in Chicago at the time, though I don't know if she was at the conference. So like I said, I don't know much, but since a lot of you have been asking, that's what I know. Onward and upward. I would add one other thing. The new story in the Boston College Papers from the day the conference began, so I don't think it ought to be called a secret event. It does not seem to have been advertised or open to the public, but it was reported on by the BC Torch, and many of the apparent participants made reference to it on social media, not by name or in detail, but nevertheless. End quote. I included everything he said in that threat for the purpose of transparency. Anyway, I would go out on a limb and say, if a representative from the Vatican just happened to be in Chicago that day, then they would probably were there, as likely was Cardinal Blaise Supich, since these things only happen in a diocese with the permission of the local ordinary. That would just be logical. But let's see what the outlet that reported on this had to say about the event, since the names included aren't exactly Catholic luminaries of faithfulness and orthodoxy. From the BC Torch, we get the headline, Bishops and theologians meet in Chicago to discuss Pope Francis and Vatican II. That seems like an innocuous headline. And I'm going to preface this by reminding you that Vatican II and saving the spirit of Vatican II in the face of the current woes and cultural decline is one of the excuses for the synod on synodality. Remember that the goal according to Francis was to make manifest the goals of Vatican II. From the article, quote, on March 25th and 26th, numerous bishops and theologians will meet at Loyola University, Chicago, at an event titled Pope Francis, Vatican II, and the Way Forward. The event is sponsored by Boston College's Boise Center for Religion and American Public Life, 
Loyola University Chicago's Hank Center for Catholic Intellectual Heritage and Fordham Center on Religion and Culture. The directors of each of these institutes, Father Mark Massa S.J., Michael P. Murphy, and David Gibson, respectively, are heading the event. In speaking with the Torch, Father Massa, a historian of the American Catholic Church who is also a former dean of B.C.'s School of Theology and Ministry and a current faculty member in B.C.'s Theology Department, described how the event was inspired first by a phone call from his friend Michael Sean Winters, one of the senior editors of the National Catholic Reporter, and then a meeting of the two at nearby Sturbridge Village. Winters, related Father Massa, proposed the question, why don't we have an event where theologians can talk with bishops? Father Massa responded, well, that's exactly what Common Ground was, referencing an initial effort at dialogue between bishops and theologians begun in 1996 by Cardinal Joseph Bernadin of Chicago, end quote. So the event is grounded in the work of late Cardinal Bernadin, and his name is always a red flag whenever it pops up. Please remember that he was a bishop who, after his passing, Ted McCarrick-type accusations started to come forward. And remember that he was the alleged priest in the opening chapter of Malachi Martin's novel Windswept House, conducting that infamous satanic rite in all its grisly details. And the real woman who was the center of that rite has said that it was him. Of course, you should maybe take all that with a slight grain of salt, but there it is. Bear that in mind, though, because good fruit cannot come from a rotten tree, if those allegations are true. From the article, we get this. The meeting is about meanie-headed traditional Catholics, because of course it is. Quote, We want to show that opposition to Pope Francis, not universally, but to a large extent, is opposition to Vatican II, said Father Massa in describing the goal of the meeting. Francis is trying to cash the check that Vatican II wrote. Synodality was the big thing. Synodality simply means that decisions should be made on the local level, Father Massa said. Every national church, every group of dioceses should have a synod to talk about local things in conversation with each other. The, the idea is that you try to have conversations as close to the local level as you can and not appeal everything to Rome. It's an opening meeting that we hope will become an annual or semi-annual event that will provide a forum where bishops and theologians can talk frankly to each other about important things that really get buried in the press. I don't want to leave these important questions to the secular press who don't understand what's going on. Speaking long-term, Father Massa proposed an aim of how can we move the American church away from these culture wars divided between conservatives and liberals to a united position where it's possible to be on a spectrum of positions and still be considered a good Catholic and not be called names by people who disagree with you. End quote. By name-calling, does he mean things like rigid and Pharisees? Because the man whose work he is defending has a history of calling those of us who just want the same faith as our forebears all sorts of names. I'm just curious. But we have a quasi-secret meeting in Chicago, so, and about the Synod of Synodality by its appearance, likely with a representative of the Vatican in attendance, hosted by the American Cardinal, Archbishop most loyal and close to Francis, Blaise Supich, because again, while he, his participation hasn't been confirmed, these things do not happen in a diocese without the bishop's approval, and that is bishop here is Blaise Supich. And its topic is apparently about preserving Vatican II, about the attacks of mean traditional Catholics. Well, that's reassuring. Remember that next time you put money in the collection plate, please. <laughs> this is illustrated in this final quote from this article. Quote, Friday's keynote addresses include Massimo Fascioli of Villanova University, renowned scholar of Vatican II, on, quote, opposition to Francis rooted in abandonment of, Amer of Vatican II as a source of renewal, as well as M. Therese Lasseau of Loyola University Chicago on reclaiming the moral and intellectual tradition from the culture wars. Saturday's keynote will be Archbishop Miguel Cabreos and head of the Latin American Bishops Council on the Latino experience of synodality. Father Massa will be speaking on the panel, the money, media, and networks that oppose Pope Francis. 
Fellow BC theologian Hoffsman Ospino of the STM will be speaking on the panel Pastoral Theological Ideas for Effective Collegiality with Pope Francis and Receiving Vatican II. End quote. That's a lot of word salad there. But it really does sound like they want to get to the bottom of the traditional Catholic movement and see who's funding it. And look, I can save you all the research dollars, and I'll just tell you who's funding the traditional Catholic movement. It is funded by people who join Patreon and similar websites, who let an ad or two run on videos like this. It's funded by people who pay for subscriptions to The Remnant and Catholic Family News. It's paid for by people who join private paywall Catholic alternative media websites. In other words, it's paid for by people like you who are watching this video. A remarkable number of these alternative Catholic operations are run by dads with a webcam or cheap editing equipment, or who have home printing presses or run their own small-time publishing outfits. It's funded by the laity doing what Vatican II implied, taking lead in the church, which is possibly the biggest irony of our time in all of this. So right after the meeting, Massimo Fagioli, the keynote speaker of the event, tweeted an article from last October, singing the praises of the synodality and his ideal Catholics. Headline from Commonweal. Who are these people seeking clarity on synodal participation? This article combined with the subject of the meeting and Massimo's timing of sending it out to the world again makes it clear who the ideal Catholic is and what his remedy is for the traditional Catholic movement. But here's the main point of the article. Quote, It's well known that the theology of Vatican II accepted democracy for worldly politics before ad intra-church affairs, the ecclesiology only tempered monarchical, papal and episcopal, power with a little bit of collegiality the bishops together with the Pope, but nonetheless under the Pope. Synodality, theologically speaking, is much more a post-Vatican II concept. The Constitution of the Church, Lumen Gentium, talked about the people of God in chapter 2, but in the following chapters identifies only two categories of Catholics, clerical and lay people, something that also shaped the Code of Canon Law of 1983. So the challenge today is how to shape church institutions and an ecclesial style in a way that is not monarchical and not just collegial, but in fact synodal. The entire people of God in larger communion with the one human family and creation. For the development of ecclesiology, Vatican II could count on the rise of a democratic ethos in a way that Catholicism today cannot. The ecclesiology of Vatican II was influenced by resourcement going back to sources that preceded the imperial turn of the ecclesiastical order at the beginning of the second millennium. It was also influenced by the mid-century embrace of authoritarianism and dictatorship by Catholic hierarchies, and the need, two decades removed from World War II, to reckon with that reality. Today we're seeing something like the reverse of that. The synodal process is also an attempt by the Catholic Church to revive mechanisms of dialogue between the people and the elites during a global crisis of institutions, especially democratic political institutions. Yet this crisis is reflected in the response to that process, notably in the contempt for it sometimes shown by the American Catholic right. End quote. Wow. <laughs> Remember, Massimo was one of the men who just flat out told us that Vatican II was a different religion than Catholicism. And here he said it again. He just dressed it up in complex language that most people won't pick up on. But when they talk about it being a different ecclesiology from before the, uh, the council and after, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> 